Okay. We're back. Here we are. No, separate, but equal. Right? Apart? Right. Stand together, but like- <laughs> I'm sitting. Six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now you're in Fayetteville, and I'm all the way in Prairie Grove. I know. I'm trying to get Either. Heather and be unlimited to make a stand- Stand strong, but like six feet apart t-shirt. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I know. <laughs> it, you know what? If yeah. you're listening to the show and you would buy a stand strong, but six feet apart shirt, let us know. And we'll talk to B about having it made. Please. That would be, a, that'd be so awesome. I think it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is well, a weird one. So mm-hmm. we literally just decided as we were trying this, that we would mm-hmm. just probably this week, um, give you an episode of Aaron and I talking to each other. <laughs> yep. So uh, huh. we, we have an interesting setup right now to make this work. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you know. It's cool that we can make this work. So that being yes. said, before people freak out, we do have two, no, four episodes already Ooh. in the can. So yep. we can we can we have those still to do, right? Um mm-hmm. but we thought we would just take this opportunity, one, to buy ourselves a little bit of time as we figure out what mm-hmm. we're gonna do. Yeah. And two, um I haven't seen you in two weeks and I miss you. Yeah, I, well there was that moment I looked through your window. <laughs> That's not creepy <laughs> at all. But it's true. <laughs> you did you did come I mean, over to bring me a birthday present. Yeah, right, and to grab a mic, but I waved from outside. Yeah, and Caroline was like, should we invite him in for dinner? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, right? He's been in live. contact with people. Yeah, we've, we've managed to stay mm-hmm. totally holed up. So we do Man. hope that this is finding everybody well. Yes, please. That'd be um, wonderful. Do practice social distancing. We are mm-hmm. big fans of that. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. This everything that can be said probably has been said at this point. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Our goal is to bring you something fun, lighthearted, mm-hmm. a little escapism. We're gonna embrace the fact that we are escape escapism. Um, yes. And we're going to thank our patreons for Ooh. providing us with this awesome equipment that lets us mm-hmm. do this remote. <laughs> to each other's oh, show. yes, yes. And it should sound so much better. We've gotten some wonderful parts and pieces of equipment to get and some great help from some wonderful people. Yes. Yeah. So let's thank our Patreons. And I get the honors of doing this. Ooh, since you're sitting in front of the computer. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, Aaron doesn't have access mm-hmm. to the list this time. <laughs> so thank you, Kathy, Cindy, Shelly, Jeremy, Chelsea, Jennifer, Brian, Kaylee, Travis, Tyler, Lindsay, Jesse, Sean, Holly, Allison, and Brian. Thank you. How did I do? You did. You did pretty good. Um, you said Kathy, but that's because you know Kathy. I t- I usually say Catherine. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. And Holly and Holly Hill. Yeah. So okay, mm-hmm. I did it slightly differently. I, I oh well, well, that's yeah. your take on it. Don't apologize. Um, you made it your own. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, winning. yeah, yeah. You're winning. I yeah. applied my voice to it. Uh, yes. Seriously, thank you for the support. Um, oh yeah. I understand. Right now is a super difficult time for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, so what I would just say is, you know, we're not w- everything that we've put up on Patreon since this started. We've just put up is free, and you can just go there and access it. So if we do do anything. Yeah. Um, special or kind of behind the scenes or outtakes or whatever mm-hmm. that's up there. And there's a couple things already up there. So you can go and look at those as well. Um, that being said, the thing that you could do to help us and mm-hmm. your homebound friends is share. Yes. Right. Everybody's going a little stir mm-hmm. crazy. You've already yep. binge watched all the things you had planned to binge watch. Mm-hmm. Tiger King. We're looking at you. Tiger King. Yes. You, uh, <laughs> you've probably caught up on your podcasts, and so you're mm-hmm. looking for something new, and that means the people around you are looking for something new. Yes, all around. I'll let you put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Let us be that thing. Yeah. And yeah. go ahead and rate us on iTunes while you're at it. Yeah, you know Always those, uh, exactly, five stars, never hurt anyone. Right. 
Uh, five throwing stars would hurt people. Though. Well, that's yeah, a thing. Right, let's let's not go for the throwing stars. Yeah, just not the, five throwing I, stars. iTunes stars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Five constellation five. stars. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So normally we would have intro music, which we can well, insert we, here if you want. We, and there is this where we do the intro music, or is this where I say? Enjoy. You would normally say your line, and then we would do the intro Enjoy. music. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. So this week on Look What I Did, we get to interview ourselves. Enjoy. <laughs> hey, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> that music is just playing in my head right now. Yeah. The guitar part? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So tell us who you are and what you do, Aaron. I'm I'm Aaron Dotson, and I'm co-host slash producer slash myself here. What is it you do, and what is your name? Uh, I'm Daniel Quinn, <laughs> and I am also the co-host and producer and sound guy and stuff of there you go. the show. Yeah, Sweet. we have we have real jobs, but mm-hmm. that's um, I don't know. We've never really told anybody what we do. Do you want to go uh, that road or do something different? Let's. I mean, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, sure. I work for a local camera specialty shop. I've been there for eight years. In like two or three days, I've been there for. I'll be there for eight years. Has it been that long? Yeah, 2012. That's crazy. Right? So, yeah. That's that's what I do during the day. And you were a photographer. Yes, that's how I got the job there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I think that's something I, people don't know about you cuz I you know, ever since this show is aired, that's uh-huh. kind of been a a backseat hobby, if you will. Yeah, yeah. About the time, right before we started this show, a little while before, I shot a friend of ours wedding that you were in. Yep. And that's that's the last thing I really shot for. And that was fun like a year money. before the show started, I think. Mm-hmm. That was in August. We started in June, July, the next year. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have a camera that's on loan from you right now that I've taken <laughs> out a couple times to try yeah. to... Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. And mm-hmm. I think I'm, like, okay at composing something because I can see how yeah. things should look in my head. I just can't get it on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, But it, much like all my other pursuits, it sits amongst a row of infinite possibilities <laughs> and therefore... <laughs> yeah. Well, you, your, uh, your Wally picture was great. Thank you. Yeah. We'll have to put that up and a chipmunk picture that you drew but you know <laughs> i don't know if anybody <laughs> needs to see that i thought the wally picture was actually pretty good yeah no i liked it i liked it i liked yeah. it it worked it worked good great so your daytime um so i just started like i'd been specialty retail like you for a long time mm-hmm. and um i just started a new role for a a larger retail company um, mm-hmm. and I kind of, I develop technology systems for kind of prototype stuff that they have. So cool. it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool gig. I've yeah. really, really, really enjoyed it a lot. It's very challenging nice. and requires creativity mm-hmm. in a much different way from what I've done, you know, for the last two right. decades. Right. So, right. Yeah. But when you're not. Fine. It's not direct retail, like you said, specialty retail, right. which I'm sure is a huge change from what you'd been used to. The, I mean, something you've done the entirety of you, yours and I, like our relationship, you know, you've always worked at the mall or in retail the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm, you know, at a corporate office and uh, it's a different, like kind of more of a support role for mm-hmm. what would have been me. Right. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's been very cool and it's, uh, it allows me to like do more with like computer programming stuff, which I don't know anything about, but I get to interact (laughs) in that world more. Right. Yeah. 
um, yeah. and sometimes cool robots and Sweet. uh you know, electronic accessories, things like that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's my dream job. I will say that. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's been yeah. great. Um, okay. So let's see. <laughs> Aaron, yeah, right. Hmm. What was your path to getting into the podcast world? Oh boy. Well, other than listening to them and being impressed, buy it um, because of my drive to work, which has been no less than 25 minutes for any job that I've had other than my first job. Um, you know, music does so much kind of into audiobooks growing up um, and my mom reading to my dad. And we've talked about it in different episodes. Um, we had sort of talked back and forth about recording, you know, on a night or two and like talking about podcast and this is before you'd gotten into them you know and then you slowly got into them we talked about recording the cigar night and everything and I was pretty into it at that point because you'd brought up like let's try to do this I was like yeah because I think we're funny you know um but then the opportunity came up for this once we'd sort of nailed down an idea and we went with it and I think it's probably the best fit for us as far as being in a podcast would go, um, this is, would be kind of the dream podcast to be on and to be a part of and to participate in. Had um, you had you attempted to do like any other social media no. type presence before? Mm. Really, I mean, outside I of like mean, the normal, like I've got a Facebook Instagram, and I've got an Instagram, right. but no, no, not really, no, mm -mm, not at all. So this is your first foray. This is this is it. Yeah, as far as that goes. Yeah. Um I think I know the answer, but what was your moment of stepping in? What made you do that? Um Yeah, so I discovered podcasts to your point way late, right? So I started mm -hmm. listening to the Nerdist, I think, in like two thousand fourteen maybe mm -hmm. somewhere in there. And, um, but it immediately struck me as a format that was, I felt like I could be good at. And I think I've talked about this before, you know, a, a couple times actually, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically like I'm the kind of person that like plans a lot from a business perspective, I guess, you know, in that sense. And so it was just a matter of trying to figure out like, what is, if, if, if I'm going to put something out there, what is it going to look like, you know? And, yeah. um, there's actually kind of a different conversation in here where I've always been a tinkerer probably, but I got more and more into building stuff. And at the same time I was getting more and more into watching, like, um, I like to make stuff or, mm -hmm. uh, drunken woodworker, right? Like those types of things now make something. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that all eventually kind of like gets to this point because I'm in the middle of trying to build a bunch of things. I'm like, you know, what if I made like a YouTube or a, basically I'm an attention hog. And so I was just trying to figure <laughs> out like the path to that, right? No. Um, yeah. So it leads to like we're, you and I are kind of talking about different stuff. We're listening to mm -hmm. make something, right? Or making it, I yeah. mean. Um, and yeah, then it just became like, oh, well, we could do this show. Like I think yep. that would be an interesting thing to do. And then we realized that nobody really cared what you and I had to say especially yeah, or what at that we point were working on yep right yeah like were we really creating enough things to talk about it all the time right and uh -huh. so um and we didn't know what we were doing and so there was a safe <laughs> place and kind of You're saying right. let's get friends who make stuff to come on and talk to us mm -hmm. about what they're doing yeah that's a more interesting show anyway mm -hmm. um and then that all kind of came together right so yeah Basically, yeah, we just yeah. made our own version of making it with a rotating third person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we get to fight over who we're going to be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. one thing that we kind of talk about a lot. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. For people that have listened to making it, which our audience should listen to. Oh, um, yep. who? Who would? I feel like you're David Picciuto, and I think I'm Jimmy DeResta. Uh, hmm. Do you want to be Duresta? I, I, I think the old school sense of appeal, maybe. 
Um, I think, oh, so let me say this. I am Claggett in my mind, right? Like, yeah, I like yeah. music. I want to be clean and organized, and I want to mm-hmm. be that guy. When right. It, like, you are more capable than me in the Duresta sense, <laughs> right? But <laughs> you have that kind of like, sense too. you have yeah. that, you're going to hate me for saying this, but you have that <laughs> kind of like fun, hipstery vibe that Pachuto brings. <laughs> And he's bald. What are you talking about? And my Duresta, <laughs> the reason I say I feel like Duresta is because mm-hmm. the haphazard workspace. <laughs> I feel like he and I would not be annoyed by, well, we'd either be deeply annoyed by each other's working spaces or we'd be like, yeah, nope, definitely been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that the thing with that is that the podcast, they have three people that are separate in their own style and everything, but they're all identifiable. That's what I appreciate about those guys. Yeah. And I've watched Jimmy Duresta, like his YouTube stuff for a long time before I put the two and two together of like making it and who he was as in like a big deal. I was like, here's this guy I've watched for a while. We talked about it and you're like, no, that's so-and-so, you know, it's just like, what? And then the other guys, you know, Bob Claggett and Dave Picciuto. Yeah. So this made me like, we've, kind of hinted at or talked about a little bit like, Hey, we've got uh projects that we work on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have a shop, I have a shop, those types of things. Um, yeah. and, and we'll talk occasionally about kind of stuff we're working on, but uh-huh. I, th- something we've never talked about is how we got into that. Oh. Right. So like, do you remember yeah. the first thing where you were like, I think I could make this and and whether it was because it could save you money or you thought that it would fit the need better, like whatever reason that you got mm-hmm. into it. But do you remember the first thing where you're like, I think I could make this? Hmm. Well, yes, I had taken something that was broken apart. It was an upright bass, like a German bass from the 1920s was my first sort of like jump into. I mean, I've tinkered with stuff for a long time, like just fixing this and repairing that or attempting to, you know, taking things apart and reassembling. Um, but the German bass was my first kind of jump into, you know, making my own tools because I couldn't find them or couldn't afford them to make something and realizing I need this and I would buy it, you know, somewhat cheaply to be able to make it work for what I needed. So it would be the upright bass that I bought like six years ago was sort of my delve into stuff. And then realizing to buy this to fix that, I would have to fix this, make it work to fix this other thing. Right. That was my sort of going into it. That would have to be it. And I named the bass Fontaine. And then sold it. I did. I needed money. Yeah. We all need money. (laughs) I need a Fontaine to sell. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have, but I was glad. It went to a guy who was going to redo even more that could play bass very well. And so it went to a great home. He put it in a a, so, uh, a it, little Prius and drove it back to Oklahoma. That's funny. I wish I could have seen video of that. It it just fit. <laughs> uh, so you have the unfortunate factor of me knowing you for a long time. So I also know... That you come from kind of like a tinkery background, though, as well, right? Like, yeah, you ha- yeah. Because when I was younger, um, I mean, I've always been younger than you, but when I was younger, <laughs> always will be, sadly. But. You, you like, but I remember like you would do stuff like you would paint a base, I think you did, and then like you would fix your oh. truck if something went wrong, you That's know, like, right. yes, you've mm-hmm. you've always been unafraid to tackle ah. a thing, right? In, yeah. in from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's out of necessity. You know, I grew up that way. My dad is a great mechanic, great carpenter. Um, he's great at figuring things out or just knowing through his, you know, his life experiences. That's it, you know. Um, and you grew up with a dad that was, you know, a maintenance guy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're, that was also in your sort of history, you know, of growing up. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it was to me it was as out of necessity. 
and just wanting to or being curious as to how things worked. So the base was the first one that was just kind of like, this will be fun. Mm. I'm doing this for me. This is personal fulfillment, yes. not because you were trying to save money or yeah, yeah, right, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, very yeah. cool. I that the base was. I saw it a certain way. I mean, I didn't totally achieve that, but I mean, I didn't ruin anything at the same time. So it was good. It was a good experience. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um. Yeah, mine was. Mm-hmm. So there was a like a, a an extreme failed attempt and then a, a slightly better success, right? So uh-huh. I needed a coffee table and yep. wet seal <laughs> was getting <laughs> like transitioning the kinds of shelves that they had. And mm-hmm. so they had these like kind of oval, like half oval shelves. And I was yeah. like, well, I can just put two of those together <laughs> and make a table, right? So I went and mm-hmm. bought like flat, kind of those flat brackets right that would bridge two pieces put like three of those on it put the little uh kind of cut brackets that you can screw a leg into and then bought some little legs that would screw in and like that was my coffee Mm -hmm. table right which looked pretty cool until the first time anybody put any kind of weight on it (laughs) and then it just folded in the middle i mean just like totally Uh, in half right like nothing those those mm -hmm. flat brackets couldn't hold the weight um but then i was super into poker from like two, I don't know, early two thousands. I was really into it and we would play poker all the time in my apartment. And, uh, one day I got the idea that it'd be really cool to have a poker table instead of like the folding card table we'd set up, you know, or or Mm -hmm. I don't remember how we fit that many people. It had to have been two card tables. And, uh, so my dad had just married a woman who had a really full fledged wood shop. And I drove up to where he lived, spent the weekend up there. We bought all the materials Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where like I made a table. (laughs) Bunny ears. (laughs) As in, right. Yeah. Like I observed my dad make a table (laughs) and I basically just kind of like, you know, he would show Mm -hmm. me like, here's how to make a rabbit. Um, and then I would do, I would, I would do those cuts, but yeah. it was that thing where you were like, and I was 19, yeah, 20, maybe 22. Mm. I don't remember, but like mm. I felt like the nine-year-old kid that was building the, the birdhouse the way yeah. I was told to do it. Like you didn't, you, you know that feeling you have when like you're riding to somewhere, but you're not really paying attention. Then you just kind of get yes. there. <laughs> do you, do you yep. know what I'm saying? Like you don't know how I, you yeah. got there exactly, but yep. you got there uh-huh. and that was how I felt like I didn't know how I got to a table, but Mm I got to a table. Yes. Right. Um, because my dad was driving and I was just a passenger Mm -hmm. along for the ride. Like that's the best way I can say that. Yeah. But we did it relatively inexpensively. It looked super awesome. It didn't fall Mm -hmm. apart. In fact, I took it to somebody's house and just never got it back. It's disappeared, you know, at this point, but (laughs) it's um, still standing strong. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it lasted for a super long time and it looked good and it was totally affordable. And it was just that Mm -hmm. moment of like, man, that like, this is a doable thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the same background as you, right. Of, I had learned how to change brakes or an alternator or the oil because I couldn't afford to take my car anywhere. And I, and I'd seen my, dad replace ceiling fans or fix a a switch or right and so there just wasn't an intimidation to Mm -hmm. trying the thing right you know and i figured Mm -hmm. once i you know you start with really easy jobs in a car and then you get a haynes manual at the time and tackle the next bigger one and you get to a point where Mm -hmm. like okay as long as i can find the the steps i i can do this yeah yeah because the thing holding you back is you don't know the steps. Like yep. I have a welder right now and the thing holding me back from doing well with that is that I don't actually fully understand all the steps. Yeah. But anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that too. It's uh, sometimes figuring it out, but being analytical enough, you know, that's the one thing about you also. It's like, you're like, I've never done it, but you know, you you're very well researched and I appreciate that. And like, a lot of times I think the joke is like, I don't know, but I read a book about it. You yeah. Know? And so I think that there's certain ways to figure things out before you even tear it apart and sort of know the steps beforehand, but also figuring it out on the fly, you know? Yeah. There's a couple well, of ways to approach it. 
and the, there's a so I can do that from a book, right? But a book is basically my stand-in for an apprenticeship, um, yeah. because I think I don't know where like your ability to take apart motors or like machinery and stuff and be able to put that back together and keep all that straight and just yeah. like kind of know some of that's institutional, right? You've done it enough times mm -hmm. that you know how these things tend to go together. Um, right. but whether it was side by side with your dad growing up or just trial and error, like you've yeah. done that same. Cause there's plenty of times that I'm standing somewhere and I'm like, uh, uh, and you walk over and you're like, <laughs> just do it this way. And I'm like, okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi, let's do it that way. You know? So well, like, you know, yeah. I, I think there's times that like watching, you know, like on our Monday nights with Alan and I, we're not talking trash, but like sitting off to the side, having a different perspective, you know, will help. But I think that's also, also the thing is like when you're sh trying to do something or someone else is doing something, being able to look at it differently, but also try to be helpful and want to like set your mind in that yeah, sort of way of thinking, you know, yeah. to if, be if, helpful. Yeah. If people haven't listened to the Allen episode with us, he won Forged in Fire. I've known him for a number of years, but mm -hmm. since we did the show with him about two years ago, yeah. twice, um, <laughs> we've hung out more and more. He and I used to hang oh, out yeah. once a year. Um, and now he's over at my house basically once a week or whatever. And there's a group of mm -hmm. us that get together. And uh, Alan is probably just one of the wittiest. That guy <laughs> is just like a zing yeah. after. He's like a Gatling gun of zingers, yep. you know, like, yep. Um, he is so funny and so much fun. It almost makes mm -hmm. me wish we had done the show knowing him better. You know, like he's he's True. fantastic. Um, right. But man, like don't have a weak constitution if you're building something in that room of guys because you have some critics in the room. And I'm I'm one of the worst yeah. ones. Right. Yeah. Like um, but it's a bunch of guys who know what they're doing in their their chosen specialty or whatever you want to say, mm -hmm. um, who have, I would say relatively, like I would say well-informed opinions about, uh, most of the kinds of things we tackle there. Right. And, yeah. and so yeah. he will sometimes get that, like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> oh, like, well, <laughs> it, it is the best, uh, form of sarcasm. It, you know. it, well, and not, <laughs> but I'm not even saying just from him. And the thing yeah. that makes that room so cool is how much you learn, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I think another thing that's kind of funny is the, the, the reputations that you and I have in that shop, right? So, like, <laughs> um, I very much <laughs> cultivated yeah. a reputation of, I'm just going to say it, like, I know how to do it doesn't necessarily mean that I do do it and or that I will do it anytime soon. <laughs> hmm. I would argue that you've gained a reputation as the guy that can get it done extremely quickly. Um, and I would argue with really good results. Like, cause we're not Maybe, ever doing yeah. like fine woodworking out of there very often. Right. So no, I'm definitely not a fine woodworker. Right. And I think that's where like, <laughs> The skill set, and I, I, to be fair, I am not a fine woodworker, but that is what I'm working <laughs> towards. No, it's fine, fine. You're a woodworker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fine. I'm a woodworker. Um, <laughs> hey, wait, let's make that shirt. Uh, no, but like, I yeah. want to be good at it, right? Like, I'm really yeah. interested in not using fasteners, and I'm really interested in, yeah, um, how like woods interact with each other and contrast mm -hmm. and those types of things, and. Uh, we don't yeah. tend to go down that road, right? Like one of our yeah. friends was making a trophy and mm -hmm. he just wanted to like butt joint pieces of wood, which if you don't know what that is, that's basically just taking two pieces of wood and putting them at a 90 degree angle to each other and, and attaching them. Right. And yeah. so you're going to yeah. have an end grain showing there. Um, yep. and, and there was some money and time being spent on making this trophy and it's meant to look really mm -hmm. nice. Yes. And so there was you know, very much a discussion around like, how can we hide the seams and how can we make this look mm -hmm. really, really flawless? Um, and, and there's all, I think that trade off in the shop all the time of like, what are we trying to get yep. at the end? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion and it's not that they're just 
throwing stuff out there to be smart, but like different angles of approach and different ways of, Hey, did you think about this? You know, and that's the great thing about doing stuff out there. Yeah. You know, well, have I you mean, done this? Have you thought about that? You know, it's, go, I like it. Go be in shop class with six shop teachers, not six <laughs> students, because that's what it's like, right? Like everybody's mm-hmm. coming yeah. along. Yeah. I remember, uh, I had just moved here maybe like three years ago. And I had the space to start to really build out the wood shop more. You know, I I, I was able to go from mm-hmm. that like kill you craftsman table saw. Oh man, direct drive, to, yeah. To a better, um, you know, mm-hmm. full on cabinet table saw, whatever. And just a yeah. more full on build. But I was in I was in the in between those stages. I was getting some clamps. I was in the process of building. I think the coffee table in the living room. And um, mm-hmm. I was trying some different techniques, and I wanted to do that all without fasteners and you know whatever. Yes, yes. And a friend of mine came over, and he is a whatever the top level of electrician is, a master, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, he like this is what he's done his entire life. He knows what he's doing, yeah. and he's also yeah. a guy who can do like amazing finish carp. He would say he can't. You go in and look at like the room he added onto his house and you're like, okay, this guy can do finished carpentry. This guy can do <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, architectural design to some extent. This guy knows how to like decorate things. Um, he's just got a really good eye for that stuff and the know how yeah. to do it. He's been in the construction mm-hmm. field for a long time and he came over and I was, I was gluing these giant two by fours, you not giant two by four, two by fours together. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they were but, so big they were like two by four <laughs> but i was making like a butcher block out of it right like right, so it, right. they were becoming yes. these like large chunks mm-hmm. and uh so i have all these um clamps on it and he just makes the statement of you know if you let the clamp rest on the surface instead of trying to like stand it up it won't have a tendency to try to fall over and you're not fighting right like it was just this easy little mm-hmm. thing of just angle it and um i and I was like, I looked at him and I, I must've looked at him kind of weird. Cause he was like, Hey, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Um, yeah. I, I forget exactly how he said it, but it was like, no, I like, I really appreciated yes, yes. that because that's mm-hmm. the only way it's by people sharing that, that knowledge. Yep. Like nobody might mm-hmm. ever write that in a book ever. Right. Yep. yep. But the guy who's done it for 20 years knows that's the way to do it. And mm-hmm. he will course correct when he's present. There you go. Yeah. And that's what it's, I appreciate I, about... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's it's great to be open to that, too. And I think that's a, a thing that we should all look at is, like, someone's not coming at you with a certain thing to try to, like, correct you and scold you, but, like, to help you learn, you know what I mean? Yeah. A better way to do it. Um, I think a lot of times we close ourselves off to being more open to better ways to do things, you know? Yeah. So, well, I, you know, you're, you're afraid of being judged or you, Mm -hmm. or the, you know, the opposite, maybe like you're overconfident and like, you think you really got it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think unfortunately, like not enough of us to your point, start in that position of what can I learn regardless because if that position is what can I learn, then people coming to you and offering something isn't going to be seen as negative. Whether you're right. nervous about it or overly confident about it, when somebody comes in and says, hey, this would be a really valuable like, step for you to take um, or a way to do it differently, yeah, if you come as a student, that's an opportunity then. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's generally someone always better than you in a room, you know. Right. You know, at it's maybe Alan. not everything, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Alan's in the room, there's somebody better than you in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and that makes you better in the long run too, if you're willing to learn. And and to be, you know, like. I think Alan has a similar background to us. You know, well, you were with, mm. we went to Alan's dad's cabin, right? Yep. Yes. Um, and so Alan's dad built this amazing cabin. It's, oh, it's absolutely so cool. incredible. Mm-hmm. By hand, by himself. 
um, with help Al- from, Alan from did, Alan, Alan and the brother. Right. And, Alan did put a nail through his dad's hand, though. I don't know if he wants us to tell that, but yeah. Um, well, we can bleep it out, but still. So <laughs> Alan's been around that, mm-hmm. right? And it, that, yes. e- that trip to me actually better explained to me why Alan is so well-rounded when he's talking oh, yeah. about stuff. And uh, because, you know, where Alan tends to shine, in my opinion, is with the metal stuff, right? Like whether it's oh, knife yeah. or brazing or those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see him and the comfort he has on like a belt grinder or a bandsaw oh, yeah. or like he's spent time doing it and it really, really shows. Yes, yeah. He's gotten his reps in. Yeah. And so generally <laughs> when he's saying something, mm-hmm. it, I would, I would say it's worth listening to. Oh yeah. Like he's, every time. He, and it never comes off as, except for when he's giving us a hard time, you know, Monday nights. Right. But that, he's I mean, that's what this very friend. gentle. Right. He he's is very, the, yeah. Yes. Well, he, and he was a teacher. Was a teacher and is so, still a teacher, actually. He still yes. teaches those, well, yes. you know, bladesmithing classes and those types of things. Um, and, and that's what I was going to say is like, he is mm-hmm. the consummate teacher. He is so good yeah. at making you feel calm. Mm-hmm. which is where I think for me, learning goes off the rails, right? Like if I start yeah. to feel like the other person is getting irritated or impatient, um, yeah. you know, the first time Alan came over and we were trying to forge and he had mm-hmm. a really bad headache. Yeah. That made me actually feel a little weird, right? Like, yeah. Um, because he wasn't fully in it and I didn't know it was, I didn't know if I'd like really like, you know, same imposed or or whatever the thing was mm-hmm. um and it, it turned out it was nothing it was no big deal he just didn't feel good yep. right yep yep but i i've had those moments where i am by somebody maybe my dad <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. a boss right and they're trying to educate me on something but they're impatient with my lack of understanding or my lack of yeah. skill or whatever that yeah. thing is and it really really makes you mhm self-conscious uh, too yeah and and <laughs> it kind of starts to fall apart. Yeah. You definitely overthink when the pressure's on like that. Um, when I was plumbing, you know, I worked as an apprentice for four years and it's one of those things that it's one thing to watch. It's another thing to have your boss watch you, you know, and be oh, like, yeah. what are you, what are you doing? And then you get impatient. If they seem impatient, it changes the whole everything. After a while though, you get used to, you know, kind of being watched while you work. Um, but I haven't done that in a long time. And now it makes me impatient to be watched on something. I'm just like, just let me, let me do this, you know, on yeah. certain things. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah. I think that is the, I mean, that's the answer to a lot of things. I hate to come across as like crazy philosophical, but if you approach things as a student, um, as an opportunity to learn, Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how you're ever going to, how that's ever going to be a bad posi- positioning of yourself. Right. Right. Well, and be of the mind that you can always learn something. You know? Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you approach every situation, a relationship, a talking to your kid, a, a conflict at work, right? Like any of those mm-hmm. things, if you're approaching as a student, where, where could that go wrong? Yeah. And I think the answer is like, it can't. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if something does kind of go off the rails a little bit, you're more like you can adapt better. Right. Because it was a learning experience, right? So mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm going as a student, I know that it's not going to be perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I'm prepared for that outcome. Mm-hmm. When it, that and trying to make it enjoyable, you know, to learn, like to be excited about it you know, yeah. of learning, you know, maybe a workaround for something, which I've used that term a lot, a workaround, you know, not necessarily a shortcut or a trick. Cause I think to do something right, you can't really shortcut things, you know, exactly. Right. You know, still takes work. And that's probably my biggest flaw, right? Is that mm-hmm. like, I get to that last 10% that feels like it's 90% of work mm-hmm. to do, like finish work <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I just kind of yeah. like, I just want to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. That That's where I start to get impatient is in the last little bit. 
for me, that's about the time that I need to say, you know, like walk out of the room. I, I experienced a thing this week. I've been working on this like machinist vice or a, a vice for a drill press that I got. I said I paid $4 for it, but I think I paid like $1.50 in, with a bunch of other stuff. And I disassembled everything. You know, I took a couple before pictures because I was in the mind of like, oh, I need to take a super rusty picture of this, you know, before I soak it in a vapor of rust. Yay, name drop. And, you know, cleaned it up, did everything, uh, sanded it after soaking it in the uh, evaporust and then, you know, sand, use sandpaper on it and a wire wheel, cleaned it up, primed it, painted it, get everything back around and put together. And uh, I swear I was missing a whole piece. I looked at the pictures. I was like, what's going on? How does this fit together? I had one thing that I'd turned like the a wrong way. And I, this whole time I thought I'd like uh, misplaced it. And I was like, how did I do that? I tore apart the garage. I organized the garage. I put stuff together, you know, but I had to walk out of the room and then come back. And then it hit me last night at like 1030, 1045. I was like, well, this part is, it goes upside down, you know, but just walking away from it and thinking about it without getting mad, you know, made it that much difference. And then I put it together in like 10 minutes after thinking that I'd lost a piece of forgotten something, you know, but I had to just not be upset by it because that does kind of block your vision or your mental picture of what you want. Yeah. I have to do that a lot where I just have to just take a step back. I think plus Mm -hmm. there's a value in letting your brain kind of work on it subconsciously as well, Uh you know, and Most that definitely. is where the three shop teachers or six shop teachers in a building really do help is like mm-hmm. part of the way you can barrel through projects so fast when you do have that group of people over is like there's a solution sitting there. You mm-hmm. just have to wait to hear them speak, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, because then it's not just you trying to tackle it. And I think that's where like, mm-hmm. um, you know, before the show, you and I a lot of times would like. I might hold on to something, wait for you to come over to help me work my way through it or mm-hmm. send you a photo and like, Hey, I got this done. And right. Cause that kind of like mm-hmm. cheerleader coaching relationship in, uh-huh. in that it kind of helps push you through the projects, you know? Right. Right. And it's not always a, uh, a feel good text or message or like face to face. It's like, well, what about this? Or next time you should do this or, you know, and yeah. it works both ways. You know, it's like, what about that? And it's like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? Or, hey, I think next time I build this, I'm going to do, uh, you know, this and that because of trying to assemble it or disassemble it, you know? Yeah. But it's, I mean, I, I feel that's where you and I worked work well together. It's like, I don't feel like my feet are getting stepped on. And hopefully the same with you on projects we're doing, you know, where it's oh, like, yeah. ah, what Generally, you showing up yeah. is an immediate relief. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> I'm like, now we'll get it solved. Good job, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's funny because, <laughs> you know, I think three years ago, I don't know where your shop was at, but three years ago, my shop was very extremely basic. In fact, I still remember uh-huh. friends sending me a uh, Steve, I can't think of his last name, but the weekend woodwork or. Woodworking for Woodworking Mere Mortals. Mortals, Steve Ramsey. Yeah, yeah Steve yep. Ramsey. Great, great guy, yeah. Um, I don't know him personally, but he seems... I wish I did. He's funny. Yeah, he seems yeah. genuinely really cool. And uh, yes. he he had a, like, how to get a complete wood shop for under $1,000 or something, or, like, the top 10 tools you had to have or whatever the thing was. Yes. And I went through that list. You know, it was like, well, I have my 25-year-old hand-me-down version of that, and I have mm-hmm. this. I don't have that, and I don't have that. Um, and there was kind of this, like, like I knew I wanted to build a dining table. I knew I wanted to build a coffee table. I had the room to Mm -hmm. do some of those things. Um, and then you showed up one day and you were like, I just bought a welder for like a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have been supposedly restoring a motorcycle for (laughs) nine years Mm. And while I have, I don't need a welder for that project. Um, 
when you're doing that kind of thing, welders obviously mm-hmm. become useful and right. Yes. Like that, yes. whatever. Um, and so it'd been something on my back in the back burner for me. Like I've, I've done some auto work and some motorcycle work mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and so being able to work in those materials is really appealing to me. Yeah. And you told me about that welder. I was like, mm, now I need to go get a welder. So I found one, I think like uh, two weeks later or something. Actually, the you identical, you told me where right. it was. It was the and, identical uh, version of the one I have. Yeah. So I went and haggled, got <laughs> to deal with that and yeah. some other stuff. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, enough like uh, a chop saw for like mm-hmm. a metal chop saw, um, a grinder, an angle grinder, and the welder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got a great deal on it. And it allowed me to like, yep. okay, maybe now like I have this woodworking stuff. Now I could make like, you know, metal mm-hmm. accents or legs or whatever. Yes. And then that just kind of spiraled out like crazy. Like yeah. since then things have gone like now I have two shops, like a wood shop and a metal <laughs> automotive shop. Like, yeah. Um, but it's funny to think like three years ago, I had a circular saw, a Harbor Freight biscuit joiner, a yes. craftsman table saw that was going to kill me, mm-hmm. and a drill. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. was everything. True, true. Yeah. You know? We've, uh, we've done a lot to, add to both of our shops slash garages you know it's like hey in the past couple check, of years check this out yeah check this out look at this find yeah. that like you got a chop saw i had the welder and then you found the welder and got the chop saw i found a chop saw you know yeah <laughs> like two weeks later it was like this is a good deal you know well because we were looking we were looking for similar stuff and yes. keeping an eye out for each other you know the whole uh-huh. time um yep. the bandsaw yep. thing yep. that that type of stuff right <laughs> like the metal bandsaw mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. it became kind of like a fun game. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. You know, as you're building all that stuff up, and it, the reason I'm even kind of getting into this is because it was a very direct lead into doing the show ultimately, right? Yes. Um, yes. 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 But it is funny, like how I would argue that the majority of the projects in my life were done with probably five tools. Mm hmm. And, and about 13 others getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean before before having the shop here, before yeah, having yeah, the house I, here. Yes. So uh-huh. back then I didn't have I mean there was stuff in the garage, right? But it wasn't mm-hmm. tools getting in the way. Um yeah. it was a ridiculous collection of motorcycles and right like, and a table. Yeah. And a ta- and a cigar table <laughs> and yeah, so um mm-hmm. it's just it's funny to think like don't I hope my wife never listens to this, but building that tool collection, I probably use it less now than I did before I had the tool collection. <laughs> oh, that's not true. You have friends that come over on Monday nights and that's true. We it. do <laughs> we do use it and we do knock out yeah. bigger yeah. uh well not even bigger, higher quality yeah. well projects. Yes. I know there was one night we were there and it was like three or four different projects going on with all of us working like yeah. two to a to a project. It was well, funny. You know, my as a kid um, I read Tom Swift Jr. Have I talked about this before? He's like a like I don't know thir- thirteen year old Iron Man, right? And mm. like, ah. it's like Tom Swift in the nuclear submarine, Tom Swift in the trip uh-huh. to the moon, Tom Swift in the flying car, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And on the bus ride to school, we would pass this old empty like factory. Mm-hmm. compound thing i mean it seemed massive when i was a kid i really do think yeah. it was a large complex and my dream growing up was that somehow i'd be able to buy that and in there i would become tom swift jr ah uh, yeah you know and so um ultimately like and then i saw i like to make stuff probably when he first started and it seemed like mm-hmm. that guy had the doable version of that thing yes and that really i think kicked off for me of like I just want to be able to make whatever I can think of to make. Yeah. You know, and I just mm-hmm. went down that path. Like, yeah, why not? Why not be able to make a knife or a 3d printed thing mm-hmm. or a t-shirt or mm-hmm. sew something, you know, like I think mm-hmm. those are valuable skills anyway. And it fits into my OCD need to learn stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and it's, I mean, everyone has a friend that says, Hey, can you do this? Or do you know anything about that? Or, you know, I think it's fun because then you get to hang out with people, you know, if they come over to do it or if you know how they can do it, you know, you can teach them or sometimes it's the other way around, you know, you get someone to come over and they're teaching you on your own stuff and that's great. 
Yeah. It's a good community, you know. Um well Yeah. We're coming very close to an hour. Yeah. Do uh what what are your mm. what's the thing on your list to get done in your couple weeks or months? What's the first first mm. two or three things or one thing that you're like, okay, now that I have this time, I'm gonna knock this out. Yeah. Um I think one thing that I would like to do, I've been thinking about doing, trying to work it out in my head, is move my compressor, which is like a big 60-gallon Ingersoll Rand compressor, into the corner of my garage and build a wall around it Mm -hmm. so I can get it out of the way. Because right now it's sort of, it's not in the way, but it's in the way. And then also I'd like to turn some stuff on my lathe. I just got it set up and got everything pretty much squared yeah, you just got a metal lathe. Yeah. So yep. I took it apart and cleaned up some overspray and, you know, basically set it up 100%. That's cool. So that, I'd like to do that. I may do that. I'll probably Very do cool. that. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, so I've actually spent, so I can do my job from home. So I'm still mm-hmm. working like, you know, my normal job. Right. <laughs> um, but, in and around that, I have really tried to take some time to like dive deeper into the audio production piece of it. Mm, so, yeah. uh, you know, I bought a better DAW the other day, and then I've spent quite a bit of time talking with uh, Adam Putman, who you and yeah. I both know. Yes. Um, but I've been using his knowledge as a producer to try to help me in you know producing this show and some other stuff yeah. i work on and so just kind of like you know i've been into music for a long time and i one thing i think it would be really cool to do is like i would like to come out of this with a well-recorded track um i you know i've over the years acquired stuff to record and i've never really had mm-hmm. anything where at the end i was like this is this is releasable um yeah, yeah. and i think it would be super cool to come out at the end of this with with a song that I was like, all right, like I am totally cool with putting this up somewhere for people yeah. to listen to. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've been toying with the idea of getting back in the wood shop need to, um, mm-hmm. and I've got a, a little project in the back of my head, kind of a special surprise for somebody that, uh, nice. I think would be cool to tackle. So sweet. Yep. Um, binging anything cool on Netflix or Hulu or I, Prime I, or, mm. No, I've been watching YouTube to try to, I've skimmed around Netflix a little bit, but I've just been trying to YouTube it just to get my mind off of like current situations and stuff like that to just mindless stuff, you know? Right. But no. So, uh, my daughter and I have been doing uh, the Mindy project or whatever on Hulu, but we stopped Mm -hmm. and we watched Lock and Key. Ooh. It is really good. Like Tiger King hmm. is interesting. It's a train wreck you can't look away from. But Lock and Key yeah. is just is just great television. Hmm. It's a like a ten episode miniseries, and it's yeah. really, really, really well done. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's based off a comic book written by the son of Stephen King, Joe Hill, who at this point is Joe done Hill. Nosferatu. And I'm listening to that audiobook right now. Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his stuff is fantastic. Horns. Heart shaped box, I think. Oh, um, okay, yeah. So, and he he has some other stuff as well. But uh, lock and key, if I remember correctly, might have been one of the first things he. It was very early on. It's been out for a long wow. time as a comic book, and mm. and Netflix knocked it out of the park. I think the actors are great. I think the sets are mm. great. Um, I, I'm going to tell you something because it bugged the living tar out of me when I noticed it. But there, there's a point in the show where the snow is now just the white fabric stuff, and you can tell. <laughs> like, I've seen, I have seen a Hallmark movie that was like that. Yeah, it's so it's like, that's bad. That's pillow stuffing. That's straight yes, out of a couch. <laughs> yes, because the snow has like these two perfect round, yeah. rounded edges to it, right? Like mm. that's not how snow works. And, no. uh yeah, for people that remember snow, <laughs> but I'm Canadian, so I get to talk about it as an authority. Um, uh, 
yeah, just accept it. This is the one case where it serves me. <laughs> but I was looking at the snow. Like, it was just one of those things yeah. where, like, like, I didn't notice it consciously at first. And then I knew something was wrong. And once I really looked at it, that's what it was. That is the yeah. one thing in the whole show where I was just like, really? For everything else you did, that, that? That's yep. the thing that you're going to just throw well, your hat in. Well, they probably blew the budget on everything else and like, we don't have snow money. Yeah, because yeah. the special effects really are pretty good. Um, yeah. Hmm. Like, there's a special effect that's a little cartoony, but it actually works mm -hmm. to serve the purpose of it even more ah. in a weird way. Mm -hmm. um, because it is such a fantastical story. And I think the moment yeah. that you kind of get this cartoony thing, it almost creates like a, like a, uh, what's the Polar Express book? Is that know. it? Well, whatever. But you know the movie yeah, with Tom yeah. Hanks and it kind of has that look? Yep. Yeah. Polar it's Express. sort of that a little and it kind of like, but it mm. fits that moment. And mm -hmm. it's only for these very specific little yeah. moments that happen, but it actually works because of what mm. it is. But yeah, it's good. Awesome. So. All right. All right. Well, we didn't do an ish point this week. No, we didn't. But you get it, you know. This was fun-ish, I hope, for everyone. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> if you guys have questions for Aaron or questions for I, feel free to reach out on the social media platforms. Um, we try to do like a work a workshop Wednesdays where you can show us like the, the mm -hmm. space you work in or the thing you're yeah. creating. Um, we really think that would just be a cool thing to like have people kind of sharing back and forth. Mm -hmm. I think especially now, right? Yes. Like. That was my that was my idea behind it. It's like since everyone's sort of cram packed in, yeah. you know, having to work from home possibly. Right. Why not why not share it? Show it. Yeah. Love and it. Mm -hmm. I mean the idea being like the sh the idea of the show is to be inspirational, right? And yes. If you need if you ever had a time in your life where you needed to have a list of things you could do, um mm -hmm. I would argue now is that time. You know, yes. So, uh, yeah, definitely communicate with us. I am quintessential on Instagram. So Q U I N E S S E. There's an underscore there. Where? Quinn oh. essential. Oh, Q Aaron made up my name. So it's Q U I N <laughs> underscore E S S E N T I A L. Um, I don't know. It's just automatic when I log in. Yeah. So, well, if I start typing your name, it pulls up. Caroline and then you. Gotcha. I, so, I just type yeah. in Quinn. Yeah. Feel free to hit me up on whatever Aaron set up for me. I occasionally <laughs> post stuff there. Um, I'm not the most social media active person on the planet, but uh, yeah. th that probably gives a little more like just me, um, mm -hmm. my life stuff going on with me or whatever. If yeah, yeah. that's of interest to anybody on the planet at all. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron, you're at Aaron Dotson, D-O-T-S-O-N. So just first and last name yep so he's easy yep. um, i got in on early yeah yeah and like as always follow us on instagram at lwid project mm -hmm. and you can same thing on twitter facebook is you can just go to look what i did and it'll pull it right it's up pretty easy yes um and and then patreon we talked about patreon.com forward slash look mm -hmm. what i did same thing super simple and there's Very. some extra free content there as well mm -hmm. um so yeah, if you if you're if you just need something to listen to, there, there's yeah. there's some there's some avenues there for you yeah. to. You can go to lookwhatidid.net and look at past interviews, and there's tons of pictures. Yeah, you know, yep. and you can listen to what is it the the most recent five episodes on there? Yeah, well, and there's almost just 50 straight episodes off the website. if you go right. mm -hmm. to. Uh, you know, Apple iTunes or whatever, mm -hmm. or Apple podcasts. Um, yes. So yeah, feel free to follow us there. Always feel free to reach out and chat with us. We love hearing from you guys. We love interacting we with you guys. Um, and, you know, now's the time to stand in solidarity, right? And, and communicate right. with each other, possibly even more than we did when we could see each other whenever we wanted right. to. Right, right. But from far away. <laughs> so I will say, depending on how this goes, um, because we really don't know what's like the long-term of this scenario is going to look like. Right. Uh, we may do another one of these. We, uh -huh. we're going to continue to explore our options. We've always prided ourselves on doing everything as an in-person interview. Yes. Um, that obviously has 
restrictions on it at this point. Right. Um, yes. To the point yes. that Aaron and I are not even in the same room for the first time ever in the history of the show. Yeah. For doing so, all of this. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of play it by ear. Uh, we've talked with another podcast that does a very similar thing to us. We've talked about them on the show, A to Z podcast. Uh-huh. Um, we, since they have a really good recording setup as well, we may try to do something with them kind of remotely. Um, but if you have any ideas or if you want to see anything from us, feel free to reach out and let us know. And, yeah. um, yeah, stay in touch. So thanks for yeah. hanging out with us for an hour. Yeah. And thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the shares. Yep. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I'll see All you right. in whenever I see you. When I see you, maybe from out in your yard again. Who knows? Yeah. Just stare through my window <laughs> <laughs> and wave. I was like, hi. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, man. See ya. Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Kelly.